Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil khalq wal musaleen Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa ba'd My dear brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And it's my pleasure To be among you tonight and to share with you some of the thoughts about a couple of surahs. So we are not going to do tafsir, but rather we can call it in the shade of these two surahs or in the light of these two surahs, however we take it. And I was told to uh, cover or to talk about these short surahs, basically the Mu'awwidatain, Qul A'udhu Bi Rabbil Falaq, Suratul Falaq, and Surat An-Nas. These uh, two surahs are uh, one of the shortest in the Quran, and the last two in the uh, listing of the surahs in the Quran even though these two surahs are very short in terms of the number of ayat or the number of the words however So even though these two surahs are extremely short, however, because of the association of these two surahs with an alleged incident in the history of Islam, the two surahs received a great amount of attention and consideration from the Ummah, from the scholars, all the scholars of the Ummah, be it from the um, scholars of Hadith, to the scholars of Tafsir, to the scholars of Sirah, uh, and so on. And that incident is the alleged uh, 
affection or influence of black magic on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if you open uh, basically any book of the common books of tafsir and you read the tafsir of these um, two surahs then except of a few of the most recent ones uh, you can find that most of the books especially some of the uh, classical textbooks of, of tafsir they will mention in one way or another the incident of the uh, the incident we are talking about in which they claim that Rasulullah was the subject of the uh, witchcraft or black magic where a Jewish uh, person in uh, Medina or outside Medina uh, uh, did uh, some black magic on Rasulullah and it influenced him to some degrees and of course the details of that are mentioned in the in the books uh, of the tafsir and uh, some hadith so because of this these two surahs received a lot of attention a lot of study and tonight we'll spend just we're not going to uh, spend too much time because uh, there are so many uh, things that the two of the surahs talk about which uh, took the scholars uh, so many pages and so much time and uh, so it's a very detailed and involved uh, story in terms of the, its effect and its influence on the on the aqidah, on the deen, and, and so on. So uh, I am not going to go in so much details, uh, but I will share with you a few thoughts. Now, the if I would like to go through the surahs very uh, quickly, Surah Al-Falaq. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الفلق say I seek refuge with the رب of الفلق and I don't like to use the translation as they as many people do when they translate الرب with the Lord so we should keep this expressions or idioms or terms in the Quran as they are because there is a big difference between the Lord and Rabb and so we should insist on keeping these terms as they are without translating them and all Muslims should be able to recognize these terms so in our activities we should insist on keeping these terms the way they are without translating them so say, I seek refuge with the Rabb of Al-Falaq. Al-Falaq is the dawn or the morning. Bin Shari Ma Khalaq, 
from the evil of what he created. And from the evil of the night when it came or when it comes, when it overshadows everything. Al-Ghasiq huwa, it's the night. Waqab means when it comes. And from the evil of the ones who blow into the knots. And the fathat, the ones who blow into the knots. Knots in a string and they blow from their mouth in those knots. And this is a reference to what they call the black magic. And women shari hasid in either hasad and from the evil of the hasid, hasid is the one who envies. So hasid is an envier. If he envies, women shari hasidin, either hasad. So this is just a very brief translation of these five ayat. The other surah, Surah Al Nas. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كل عوذ برب الناس I seek refuge say I seek refuge with the Rabb of الناس the people ملك الناس the ملك or the king or the master or the owner of all people ملك الناس Ilah al-Nas, Ilah, the Ilah of all people. And of course, people translate Ilah into God. But never translate Allah with God. Ilah could mean God because Ilah could be false and could be true. However, never ever translate Allah to God. As they say, La ilaha illallah, there is no God but God. This is very big mistake. There is no God but Allah, because Allah is not equal to God. Ilaha al-Nas, min al waswas al-Khannas, from the evil of al-waswas, the one who does waswasa. Al-waswasa is whispering to the people. Al-waswas al-khannas. Al-khannas is the one who makes waswasa and then withdraws and settles away or hides. Al-ladhi yuwaswasu fi sudur al-nas, the one who makes waswasa or whispering in the minds of the people. Fi sudur al-nas here is referring to the minds. Of course, literal translation would be the chest, but it's not the chest, it is the the mind. الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس. So there are two kinds of the people, or or the ones who does who do whispering, or waswasa. Two kinds of individuals. Some from the people, and some from the jinn. So. From the evil of the one who does waswasa, and uh, it is from both people, whether they are people or from the human beings or from jinn. 
Now, the, uh, the two surahs, one involves the talking about the sihr, or the witchcraft, or black magic, which is al-nafathati fil-uqad, and the other one involves talking about the uh, shaitan, or iblis, which does the waswasa. And uh, these two are two different top topics or subjects, but these two surahs together, they cover both subjects. What I would like to uh, cover tonight is just some touch-ups on these two topics very quickly because uh, they are so much involved. I don't know whether the previous uh, uh, speakers touched upon these topics or not, but regardless, I will just share with you some of my contemplations on that. Now, for the incident of the Sihr or Rasulullah being subjected to the black magic from a Jewish person, and according to the narrations, and some of them are narrated in uh, a hadith, uh, some of them are in Sahih al-Bukhari, some of them are in Sahih Muslim, and that's why they received so much weight, because Muslims or the Ummah consider the hadith that are mentioned in these two books of Sahih, they have uh, so much weight, and they take them seriously. Uh, the two, the narration is that Rasulullah was subjected to this witchcraft from this evil person or the Jewish person. His, his name is uh, reported in these stories as Labid ibn al-Asam. And there are details of the story that he was, uh, uh, that Labid took a string uh, from uh, the uh, palm tree and then he made seven knots and then uh, so many details and then he threw those knots in a well where it has seven stones and uh, so much details which I'm not going to go through uh, these details it's uh, much involved and then the magic affected Rasulullah to the extent that he used to ask his wives, did I do this? That he, he thought that he did something when he did not do it, or he didn't do something when he did it. And they said this lasts for 40 days, some six months, some six weeks, different types of narrations. And then he would imagine that he had a private relationship with his wives when he didn't, or that he didn't when he did. Uh, so to summarize this, this is like Hasha Rasulullah, as if he was hallucinating. And uh, 
during that period, which according to some narrations, it lasted even up to six months. Now, what was the status of the Wahi for those few months or few weeks? Did he get something and he forgot to tell it? Or did he tell the Ummah something that he did not get, he did not receive from the Wahi? So these are the implications of going through this story and uh, if we have to believe in it. The other one, of course, the impact of this is on the entire message of Islam, which puts a big question mark about the entire message, about the Quran, about Islam, about the isma of uh, the, the messenger, Rasulullah, and whether the Quran and the, uh, the message that we have, is it correct, is it incorrect, does it have any shade of doubt or something like that. So that's why this subject took so much consideration and then uh, importance that the scholars uh, treated it with so much depth and, and uh, seriousness. The other subject is the subject of the influence of shaitan or the jinn on human beings. And of course we know that shaitan or iblis, he is one of the jinn. Although some people may, may think otherwise or they thought otherwise. And of course it's clearly mentioned in the Quran that iblis or the shaitan is one of the jinn. وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ الْمَلَائِكَةُ جُدُّ لِآدَمْ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِّ فَفَسَقَ عَنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّهِ So clearly the Quran says that Iblis was from the jinn. So he is one of the jinn. He is not one of the angels as some people may think. Uh, in another uh, ayah, uh, Iblis in the dialogue with uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he refused to make sujood to Adam, he gave the reasoning behind that. He said, خلقتني من نار وخلقته من طين. قال أنا خير منه خلقتني من نار وخلقته من طين. I am better than him, so how could I make sujood for him when I am better? You created me from fire and you created him from clay. So, and the jinn were created from fire, so that applies to uh, Iblis as well. Uh, and this subject of the influence of the jinn on the human beings received so much attention that almost the entire Ummah is afflicted with this serious disease. Disease of believing that the jinn can enter into the body of a human being and then assume his body and then move him around and then he will be a different person and then eventually destroy him. So, and this has uh, incapacitated 
the people to a large extent that whatever happened, any kind of illness which could be some psychological, it could be some psychiatric, some uh, chemical imbalance in the body of a person, then they interpret that as a mess. Mess is a touch, touch of shaitan or jinn on that human being. And there are so many people who are form a class by themselves called al-mushawideen, who uh, they call themselves the healers, uh, where uh, they, they, they pretend or they, uh, they uh, say that they heal a human being who is afflicted with jinn with their own methodology. And of course, most of these things, if not all, are just a bunch of uh, untrue, bunch of lies, bunch of sha'wada, uh, false claims. And so we need to um, sort of examine these allegations. And what does Islam say about that? What does Quran say about these things? So for these two reasons, these two surahs are so important. And uh, the impact of believing in one or the other or in both is so great. As for the um, the effect of the uh, jinn or the uh, uh, the class of uh, iblis on the human beings, where the human beings could be incapacitated and then rendered helpless from doing anything. Uh, those who claim that this is the case, they bring evidence even from the Quran and from the Hadith about that to prove their allegation. Now I would like to look at the subject from a wider perspective and then go back to the subject and touch upon it quickly. Of course, if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if we want to believe that Rasulullah was subject of witchcraft, then the whole message of Islam is under question. And the message of Islam or the Quran is basically a, this is like a system of life. This is a way of life that is sent for us to live our life as human beings and to do our job as the slaves of Allah as the Khalifas in this earth as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah. So if this will put a shade of doubt on this message that we are, we received and we uh, are to, to deliver, then that is a serious matter. 
Similarly, if we are able, if we are not able to function as human beings, as also Abidullah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and again deliver the message and do according to the uh, commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the question of responsibility is affected and it is under question mark. So let us ask one question here. What is the role of us as human beings? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers this question in two places. So the man's role on earth. One is in Surah Al-Baqarah and one in Surah Al-Ahzab. The ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in ayah number 30 وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةِ Lo and behold, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your Rabb, when he addressed the angels and he told them that I am going to station or put a khalifa on earth. So then there was a dialogue between the angels and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They said, you are going to put someone who will do mischief and then shed blood and so on. He said, قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَوْ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Adam the names of things. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the angels to make sujood to Adam. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked Adam to dwell in the Jannah, him and his wife. Then we know what the story of, of Adam when he, uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him an order not to uh, eat from a tree. And then he, uh, the shaitan or Iblis, because he was cursed because of Adam, then Iblis, of course, uh, wanted to uh, uh, make revenge from Adam and his wife. So, He uh, whispered to him and he made him disobey the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repented on Adam and then uh, as a result of that, they both were uh, descended to ground or to, uh, I mean, to, to earth. Uh, so whoever receives my huda, and then follows it, then they will have, they will not grieve and they will not have a fear. They will not have a fear or grief. So receiving the huda or the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so the two things are guaranteed. No fear and no grief. And now when we believe that Shaitan or Iblis or the jinn will have influence on the human beings, then this contradicts uh, this uh, principle. In Surah Al-Ahzab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ عَرَضَ الْأَمَانَةَ عَلَى السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ فَأَبَيْنَ أَيَّحْمِلْنَهَا وَأَشْفَق
وحملها الانسان انه كان ظلوما جهولا. We have offered the amana and the amana is taklif which is doing the orders of the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Briefly Allah offered this amana uh, to the samawat to the heavens to the earth and to the mountains all of them refused because this is heavy because they said what is amana said you obey if you obey the orders i'll give you free choice free will you obey the orders i give you jannah i will reward you with jannah you disobey you will be punished in hellfire they say we do not want it then adam as the human being he accepted that responsibility so when Adam took this responsibility, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because it is, there is uh, a command to obey, and there is a prohibition, and because he has free will, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will test this human being to see how far he can go in obeying, and how far he can go in, of course, tolerating uh, not to uh, disobey. So the testing will be uh, hard or, or strong. Now, in order to carry this responsibility, carry this amana, then the human being or Adam or us, basically, because we are his, his children, we need to be able to do this with no influence from anybody, from anything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so he gave us, he gave us the free will. We read in Surah Al-Kahf, وَكُلْ حَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَالْيُؤْمِنُ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَالْيَكْفُرُ So, and say, this is the truth or the haqq from your Rabb. Whoever wills or wants, he can make kufr. Whoever wants, he can make iman. So you have the free choice. You can be a mu'min, you can be kafir. Nothing will hold you from doing one or the other. There is no compulsion, and there is nobody, there is nothing that will hold you back from doing one or the other. So if there is anything that will hold you, then that's a contradiction with this responsibility, and hasha uh, that Allah will allow this to happen. Now, we are on this earth to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then carry his commandments and then avoid his prohibitions. But what will stop us from doing that? There is an enemy. And this enemy is put for our test, to test the human beings. Who is that enemy? That's shaitan. In Surah Al-Baqarah we read فَأَزَلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَا فِيهِ So he whispered to Adam and then of course he caused them to get away from out of Jannah and then because of that they descended to earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ كُلُوا مِمَّا فِي الْأَرْضِ حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطْوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُبِينٌ Eat from the what is in earth halal and tayyib. And don't follow the steps of shaitan because he is your 
enemies. In Al-An'am, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًّا And as such, we have made a adu for every prophet. From the shayateen of ins, the humans, and the shayateen of jinn. They whisper to each other and teach each other how to, uh, how to whisper to the human beings or to the mu'mineen in order to make them deviate. In Surah Fatir, there are so many ayat actually, I'm just quoting some. In Surah Fatir, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوًا فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًا Allah is saying to us, Shaitan is indeed your enemy, so take him as your enemy. Don't play with him. Don't obey him. Don't worship him. In Surah Yaseen, أَلَمْ أَحَدْ إِلَيْكُمْ يَا بَنِي آدَمْ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُ الشَّيْطَانَ Didn't I take a, a covenant from you and tell you that Shaitan is your enemy, so never worship him. وَلَكَدْ أَضَلَّ مِنْكُمْ جِبِلًّا كَثِيرًا أَفَلَمْ تَكُونُوا تَعْقِلُونَ Okay. Uh, I'm here, in a way, um, concentrating on the second topic, which is the effect of jinn or influence of jinn on the human beings, whether that is a reality or that is just a bunch of nonsense. Now, the jinn, according to the, uh, some of the people who say that the jinn can enter into a human being and then cripple him or hold him uh, motionless or he will be dysfunctional. Any jinni from the Usaq uh, or from the, uh, the non-mu'min jinns, of course we know that jinns, uh, according to uh, the Quran, uh, some of them are mu'min and some of them are kafir. Uh, we have to believe that. We have to believe it's part of our aqidah to believe in jinn uh, and that some of them are mu'min and some of them are kafir. Because uh, there is a surah that's called, that's called Surah Al-Jinn and uh, uh, in, in a few ayat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that uh, some jinn came and listened to Rasulullah while he was reciting some of the Quran. So we have to believe that. But this is part of the ghaib and when it comes to ghaib in our aqidah we only believe in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned exactly as is it is not subject of thinking or a rational process where we can think about it and then reason anything that's related to ghaib which is the unseen where our senses cannot touch or see or feel then that is part of the ghaib and we have to take it exactly as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it no more no less now shaitan is the most evil he is the adu and uh, any one of the fasikeen among the jinn will be a soldier for shaitan so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about shaitan, إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ هُوَ وَقَبِيلُهُ He sees you, him and his tribe or his people, his dhurriyah. This is Surah Al-Kahf. Do you take shaitan or Iblis and his progeny as your wali or your friends or your guide, even though he is your enemy, and all of them are your enemy. 
So he is the most cunning and the one with the most hate. And he is the one who pushes his servants or his soldiers to fight. To fight us and to deviate us from the right path to the wrong path. And then the whispering is, is, is the mechanism that he does. Now, in order to see how this enemy, how far this enemy can go to influence us and to incap incapacitate us from doing our function or being the right ibad to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what are the weapons of shaitan that he has, that he uses against the human beings or the children of Adam to, uh, to do his job that he took upon himself to do? Of course, we know the story. All of us know that uh, the dialogue between shaitan or iblis and, uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By the way, Shaitan, when it's mentioned, either with an L, as Shaitan, and in this case we are talking about Iblis, or when we say Shaitan, it means any one of the soldiers of Iblis. So, as Shaitan is Iblis, so whether it's mentioned his name, his name is Iblis, and as Shaitan. Uh, that's another uh, way to call him. Or shayateen, that's a plural. There are so many, all the people who whisper and deviate, try to deviate people from the right path. They could be from humans or they could be from jinn. It's not only from the jinn. So we are concentrating here in this uh, in this uh, short study about or on Iblis himself. Of course, Iblis is the most cunning. He is the strongest among his people or among his progeny or among his uh, soldiers. So he is the leader. And he is the one who commands them, go this, do that. So if he is un able, if we can show that he is unable to harm the human beings, then his soldiers by default will be even weaker to do that. So what are the weapons that shaitan uses in order to influence people? In order to answer this question, of course, shaitan or iblis is from the world of jinn. And the world of jinn is part of the ghaib. Ghaib, as we said, it is part of the unseen or the, the world that we cannot sense with our five senses. And in this case, the only source of information that we can get about anything that relates to ghaib or it's part of the ghaib is from, a, uh, from the wahi which has to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any other source is a bunch of nonsense and lies. And sources of or imagination or crap. So the weapons of shaitan, 
what are they? We have to go back to the Quran, which will tell us what, the, what these are. Uh, briefly, some of the weapons of the shaitan, or most of them, or if not all of them. One of them is al-idlal, leading astray. His attention and his case is to deviate this human being, which is the child of Adam. Because their father is the reason why he is eternally going to Jahannam. Leading people astray. He gives them false promises that this will do, this will happen this way or that way. I will help you in this, I will do that. In giving them long hopes in the future. This will happen, this will happen. In making uh, <clears throat> procrastination, you have so much time. You don't have to do it now. You want to give a sadaqah? You want to do something good? Uh, why you are so nahari? Uh, you don't have to do it now. Do it tomorrow. If you want to do something, this is too much. A little bit less. Beautifying the wrongdoings. So the evidence for this in Surah An-Nisa, I'm just mentioning two, three ayat. In Surah An-Nisa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about uh, the tongue of uh, Iblis, وَلَأُضِلَّنَّهُمْ I will lead them astray. Here, bear with me, what I'm trying to say or to show you that this is the most that Iblis can do and nothing else. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us what Iblis can do so that we can take our precaution. وَلَأُضِلَّنَّهُمْ I will lead them astray. وَلَأُمَنِّيَنَّهُمْ I will give them false hopes. الله, I will give them commands to change the, the, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you see this is happening all over. Everything now is being changed from the creation, the original creation of Allah. There is no food that we eat that is original. There is no, no crop that we have that's original. Everything is changing. وَمَنْ يَتَّخِذِ الشَّيْطَانَ وَلِيًّا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ خَسِرَ خُسْرَانًا مُبِينًا يَعِدُهُمْ وَيُمَنِّيهِمْ He promises them, there's false promises. وَيُمَنِّيهِمْ and give them false hopes. وَمَا يَعِدُهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا And whatever shaitan promises them except just in vain, there is nothing, there is nothing going to happen. In Surah Al-Isra, after he told Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that give me 
the uh, long life until the day of judgment so Allah gave him that he said since you have given me that I will really take care of the of his progeny because you because of him I am going to be or he's going to be in hellfire so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says do whatever you want there you are وَاسْتَفْزِزْ مَنْ اسْتَطَعْتَ مِنْهُمْ بِصَوْتِكَ وَأَجْلِبْ عَلَيْهِمْ بِخَيْلِكَ وَرَجِلِكَ وَشَارِكُمْ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ وَعِدْهُمْ وَمَا يَعِدْهُمْ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا You can move them around with your voice with your soldiers with your men and share with them their monies and share with them their progeny if you can وَعِدْهُمْ and give them promises وَمَا يَعِدْهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا in Surah Al-Anfal this is a story about Quraysh and of course if you remember the uh, surah of the, the battle of Badr in the battle of Badr when Rasulullah with the Sahaba came from Medina in order to capture the, the caravan that's going from uh, uh, going to Mecca they wanted to capture the, the, uh, the camels with the loadings so and then somehow Abu Sufyan escaped from that but Abu Jahl and the top leaders of Mecca they said no we have to go and fight so in order to revenge in order to, to punish uh, the leaders of uh, Quraysh the shaitan came to them Iblis came to them and he said you have to go and fight you should teach Muhammad and, and the Muslims a lesson and uh, look at you there's no one who is stronger than you or more powerful than you are and then I am with you he told them that I am your neighbor I, I will support you go ahead so he moved them and forced them to move and then go and fight then what happened with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us the story in an ayah here So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says that shaitan has beautified their actions in their own eyes that they are on the right thing No one can defeat you today from all people And I am your neighbor I will help you I will support you When the two armies when the two parties faced each other he withdrew then they asked him where are you going he said oh, I'm sorry when they told him where are you going come help us he said so he failed them and now 
they were left with their or to their fate. So false promises, beautifying the, their wrongdoings, and then giving them hopes for victory, and then withdrawing. الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس يوسوس then he withdraws he whispers الوسواس الخناس then he withdraws so these are the weapons of shaitan How far or what else can shaitan do? Shaitan himself, now he is making a confession. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the time to live till the, the end of time, till the day of judgment, this is what he promised to do. I recited some of the ayat for you. So some more. Uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him, قَالَ إِنَّكَ مِنَ الْمُنْظَرِينَ قَالَ فَبِمَا أَغْوَيْتَنِي لَأَقْعُدَنَّ لَهُمْ صِرَاطَقَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ I will sit in front of them. صِرَاطَقَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ In your right path. In your sirat, that is mustaqim or correct path, in order to make them not to follow it, so that they will not go, they will deviate. Now look at this. Pay attention to this ayah. This is very important. And then I will come to them. I will come to them to whisper from the right side, from the left side, from the front, and from the back. And then you will not find most of them to be thankful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered him, قَالَ أَخْرُجْ مِنْهَا مَذْعُومًا مَدْحُورًا لَمَنْ تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ لَأَمْلَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمَ مِنْكُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ Get out minha from the Jannah. minha madhura madhur humiliated and whoever follows you then all of you, you and them, you will be in Jahannam. I will fill Jahannam with you and with them. Two things. I would like you to, to notice here in this ayah. One, shaitan, he said, I will beautify the wrongdoings for them. I will give them false hopes. I will make them deviate. I will sit on every path that is path of 
obedience to you so that they will deviate. I will come to them from the left side, from the right side, from the front, from the back. I will surround them from all directions to make them deviate so that they will not go in the right path. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اذهب فمن تبعك منهم لمن تبعك منهم whoever follows you which means that people follow shaitan. And this contradicts or negates any possibility or notion that shaitan gets into or the jinn gets into the human being. This is what he is saying. What he is promising to do. He will not get into the body as some people claim which is called almas where a jinn can get into the body of a human being and then incapacitate him or her. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that shaitan even though he promised to do that yet he has no authority and power on the mu'mineen. What's the proof? Look at the shaitan, what he says himself. On the day of judgment, when everybody goes, when the people go, uh, the one in Jannah and the ones go to hellfire, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرِ This is in Surah Ibrahim. وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعَدَ الْحَقِّ وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, when everything was done, when uh, the judgment was made and then people of uh, the mu'mineen got into Jannah and the kuffar got into the hellfire, so, and he of course got into the hellfire, so he gave a speech to the people in Jahannam. So he told them, Inna Allah wa'adakum wa'ad al-haqq. Allah has promised you the right, the haqq, the wa'ad of haqq. Wa'adtukum, and he's about himself, he said, and I promised you, but I did not fulfill my promise. وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ وَمَا كَانَ لِيَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانِ I did not have any authority on you. I had no authority, no sultan on you. I couldn't make you or force you to do one thing or another. Except one thing. إِلَّا أَنْ دَعَوْتُكُمْ All I could do was to ask you to come or to do one thing or another. Just ask you, do this or do that. That's no authority. إِلَّا أَنْ دَعَوْتُكُمْ فَاسْتَجَبْتُمْ لِي So you just, I, I asked you, so you followed. You responded. You obeyed me. فَلَا تَلُومُونِي Don't blame me. And blame yourselves. Walumu and Fusakum. Ma ana bi musrikum. 
cannot help you, you cannot help me. All of them are in Jahannam. Inni kafartu bima ashraktuni min qabl. I deny or reject your shirk making me, or because they were worshiping him, I deny your shirk in me. Inna al-zalimina lahum azabun alim. The zalimin, they will have severe punishment. Of course, he is one of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also in Surah Al-Nahl and many ayat of course Iblis has no authority or power on Amanu Whoever makes tawakkul on Allah, Allah is sufficient for him. In Allah which means that when for the mu'mineen and for the ones who do tawakkul, real tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no shaitan, no iblis, no jinn, nothing can have any authority or influence on them. Even he bless himself. He said, أجمعين, I will make the, give them riwaya. Riwaya it means deceive them. Take them to the wrong path. Except your sincere, faithful servants or mu'mineen. I will not be able to do that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many ayat, My true ibad, you have no authority, you have no power on them, you cannot change them. How come after all of this evidence, which is a clear cut, qat'i evidence from the Quran, one comes and says that a jinn can get into the body of a human being and incapacitate him. I was reading today something related to the subject, it's something that's funny. I never expected that something or people will go that far. Some fatawi have been issued whether the flesh, the meat of jinn is okay to eat or not. And then some are making fatwa. You can or you cannot eat the, the flesh of or the, the meat of, of a jinn. Again, in Surah Al-Isra, What is the meaning of Ahtanikan? Going to the dictionary, 
the famous uh, Arabic dictionaries like Lisan al-Arab and so on. Uh, here, this is what, what they say in the dictionary. Uh, and, his, uh, and the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, about telling about Iblis this is taken from the verb of ihtinak or ihtanaka yahtaniku ihtinakan I will just mention one uh, meaning here one of the meanings which is the most relevant ويقول أحدهم لم أجد لجاما فاحتنكت دابتي I did not find a leash to lead my camel or my horse فاحتنكت دابتي أي ألقيت في حنكها حبلا وقدتها so, so he said فاحتنكت دابتي it means I just threw a, a rope in the neck or around the neck of my dabba, of my horse, or camel, and just led it. Which means that al-ihtinaq here, when Iblis is saying la-ahtanikanna, it means I will put a leash, or like a rope, around their neck, and then pull them, or lead them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as he's saying, laman tabi'aka. So Iblis will be going, and then the people will be following. There is no mention whatsoever that a jinn or a human being can get into the human being. No jinn, no iblis or iblis will not be able to do that and he has not, doesn't have that power. Which means that this concept of jinn or mass where people go and then they ask to be healed for any reason if somebody is sick has some psychological as we mentioned or psychiatric uh, illness then they go to the healers or to a sheikh and make some qira'a or make some hijab or make some uh, ta'weedah to heal that person that's all a bunch of nonsense because the Quran uh, denies this and after this clear cut evidence from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran how can we or a Muslim believes in that actually if anybody believes that such a thing is possible, I'm afraid he goes into the other side, he becomes kafir. Because he's denying the concrete evidence, which is a clear cut qatai. So, what is the cure? What is the cure from shaitan or the weapon? that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to shaitan, gave to the human beings in order to overcome the tricks and the uh, fighting of Iblis to uh, the human beings. There comes these two surahs as one of the 
evidence as one of the protection Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we said at the beginning because he gave us the amana and the taklif definitely we need to be able to function properly so we need protection certainly there are enemies shaitan is the enemy his people or his folks are are the enemies so human beings need to protect themselves how do we protect ourselves from shaitan or from the jinn which is another world that we cannot see they can see us but we cannot see them and by the way some people believe or claim that they can see jinn and they have control over jinn jinn and the humans are two different worlds they are separated they have nothing to do with each other and they are different and there is no control of a human being over jinn or a jinn over human beings well some people say well the quran says this can happen the quran mentioned it happened and it can happen only to certain individuals who are those individuals prophets and messengers and this is considered to be a miracle for those prophets or messengers of course we read about Sayyidina Sulaiman Prophet Sulaiman he was given the, the control of jinn but no other human being has that capability because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not give that to any human being قال رب هب لي ملكا لا ينبغي لأحد من بعدي he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him a dominion or a mulk that will never happen or will not be given to any other uh, human being after him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him that uh, <coughs> messengers prophets because they have miracles and because that is mentioned in the Quran in a qat'i ayat or qat'i evidence we can't take that but for any other human being that's not the case Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly says إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ about Iblis and his people إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ or his, his uh, progeny إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ هُوَ وَقَبِيلُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا تَرَوْنَهُمْ He sees you but you cannot see them if you cannot see them then there is no communication there is no control if there is no communication between the two then certainly there is no control of one over the other and the, the limit of of Iblis on the human beings is as, as I mentioned just the, the false promises the beautifying the wrongdoings the uh, misleading and so on the whispering with the exception of the whispering there is nothing else Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order for the human being to do his functions properly he gave him protection in surah ar-ra'd ayah number 11 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly says lahu mu'aqqibatun min bayn yadayhi wa min khalfihi yahfazunahu min amrillah for every human being 
there are angels who take care of the human being to protect him at any moment in his or her life continuously in his front and his back surrounding him and protecting him from any thing that might any danger that might fall on him and that includes every danger to protect him with the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah put these angels to protect and to guard him at all times and according to the hadith when it is time for that human being to die then they will step on the side and the angel of death will come and will take the soul of that human being but other than that day night whether he's sleeping he's walking he's doing anything functioning in his life he is being protected and that protection of course there is no uh, except with the whispering there's no other danger from the jinns or from the uh, <coughs> from the bliss what else we can do in order to protect ourselves besides these protectors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the protection from the whispering that's the only danger that is left that we need to protect ourselves from what is that and when a temptation comes to you due to the whispering of shaitan to you to do something wrong then seek refuge with Allah from him فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ it means seek refuge in Allah from that waswasa, from that danger coming from shaitan فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ he is the one who is all hearing and all knowing. Then there comes the importance and relevance of these two surahs, Al-Mu'awwidatain, Kul A'udhu Bi Falaq and Kul A'udhu Bi Rabbin Nas. So the reason why these two surahs were revealed, because they are meant to protect the human being to give him the full protection the muakibat which are the angels are protecting the human being physically from every physical danger if he wants to fall or something will harm him they will protect him especially we notice that of course with our babies our children the children they they are exposed to so many dangers but that they are protected and when you are sleeping when you are walking you don't see what's what's behind you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting you if that is the case the only thing that's left is from the waswasa and then surat al-nas as well so all the evils from the evil of 
all the creation. And from the evil of the night when it comes. Does night have evil? The night itself, does it have evil? The evil is in the dwellings, the dwellers of night, those who move, those who come out at night. But night itself, the darkness itself has no evil. It doesn't hurt, it doesn't harm you. It's the individuals, either people or insects or animals, these are the ones who can hurt. That's why when he says, and particularly the creatures that come out at night that can hurt you. And from the evil of those who call themselves the witchcrafters. And and from the evil of the envier when he envies. And, and incidentally, just very briefly going through this, hasad or envy itself, hasad itself doesn't hurt. What is hasad? I'm sure you will ask me about this, but hasad is defined as, in Arabic, أن تتمنى زوال النعمة عن المحسود to wish that the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will disappear from the one that he is making hasad on. If, some, if A is making hasad to B, then A will wish that the ni'mah on B will go away and disappear. However, if it is, if it is just left at the level of wishing, there's nothing done. Look at how the ayah says. The ayah does not say, وَمِنْ شَرِّ الْحَسَدِ The ayah does not say, from the evil of hasad. The ayah says, مِنْ شَرِّ حَاسِدٍ Talking about a human being. From the evil of a human being, because the human being can do harm. If he is hasid, because of his hasad, he can do harm. He can, does thing, he can do things and he can say things that will hurt. That could hurt you when he is envying you. So, similarly, From the evil of those who do these knots, but not from the, he did not say the evil of sihr. Because again, sihr is the same thing. Sihr, the evidence from the Quran and from the hadith that sihr does not do any harm. And of course, I'm sure there's a lot of discussion and questions possibly about that, but We may not be able to, to cover everything tonight or even in the question-answer uh, uh, time. But after the ayat that I read to you, there should be enough evidence that the human beings, we especially the mu'mineen, we are carrying the message of Islam. There is nothing that we can or we have to fear.
even the hidden shaitan or iblis or sihir or, or, or all of that or hasad this has no reality at all the clear cut evidence the qata evidence from the Quran tells us or shows us that this is not the case I think uh, should we stop or uh, and then give room to questions probably uh, uh, we can go on and on but uh, so let us stop at this point here and then maybe give some some room for for questions for example generally Allah talks about a human shaitan cannot be capable that means incapacity uh, into the body but uh, some case might happen so some, uh, for example, uh, Shaitan, uh, so many of it, uh, Shaitan comes, uh, emphasize that Shaitan comes directly. For example, uh, talking about teaching uh, IP poetry. So there is a hadith, if I'm correct. So it says, uh, when uh, Sahabi uh, went to collect uh, Zakat, then uh, uh, Shaitan came and interrupted and uh, taken some Zakat. And uh, so it's emphasized that Shaitan came directly as a human, uh, as well as another thing uh, about a lady uh, coming and asking uh, to cure. That means uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting something. Uh, uh, incapacitated uh, with the gene, then uh, automatically my breasts are removed. Uh, then uh, he's asking uh, 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 make dua for that. It's another hadith. So, uh, uh, so. Yeah, I, I get the question. Actually, these two narrations, for the first one, there is a question mark about its authenticity. It contradicts the, the uh, other uh, hadith or the question. Uh, <clears throat> he's asking about the uh, hadith, which is uh, the story of uh, uh, one of the Sahaba, Rasulullah asked him to take care or to guard some uh, some food or some stuff and uh, the uh, the, uh, the Sahabi uh, had he experienced for three nights someone come and he stole some of the food and then Rasulullah asked him uh, and the, of course the Sahabi uh, the narration said it was Abu Huraira or someone else so he said, what happened uh, last night? He said, uh, somebody came and uh, uh, he wanted to steal something. When he captured him, then he wanted to give him to Rasulullah to punish him. So he said, leave me alone, then I will not come tomorrow. So he came to Rasulullah and he said, uh, told him the story. He said, 
He lied to you, he will come tomorrow. Then he came next day, and he did the same thing. So he came and reported to Rasulullah what happened. He said again, he lied to you, and he will come next day. So the third day he came, and he said, you did it two or three times, so I'm not going to release you now. I have to uh, give you to Rasulullah. He said, I promise I will never do that. Let me go, and then I will give you, I will teach you something that you will benefit from. So he said, what is it? So he told him to read some Quran, particularly I think Surah uh, Ayat al-Kursi, that will benefit you, this and this and that and so on. And then, uh, then he uh, left. So when he came and reported that to Rasulullah so he told him, he said, لَقَدْ صَدَقَكَ وَهُوَ كَذُوبٌ So he told you, in, in telling you about the ayah, ayat al-kursi, or teaching you, he was truthful, but he is a liar. Do you know who, who that was? Ya Abu Huraira? He said, I don't know Allah wa Rasulullah. He said, that was shaitan. This narration does not stand the examination. So this is not authentic. And it contradicts the ayat or the, the, the qat'i evidence from the Qur'an. Shaitan, shaitan will never ever benefit the human being at all. As we have read the ayat and mentioned the ayat that clearly indicate that shaitan is your enemy. What he promised to do? From the right, from the front, from the back, from every direction. I will make sure that they deviate. I will command them to change the creation of Allah. Shaitan, based on this, will never ever say anything correct or, or, or beneficial to a human being. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us about shaitan. إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوًّا فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًّا إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا حِزْبَهُ لِيَكُونُوا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرِ إِنَّمَا It is not but. إِنَّ Not. It's a negation. إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا حِزْبَهُ He does not call his people or the ones who go with him or his party except to hellfire. إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا حِزْبَهُ لِيَكُونُوا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرِ How can a shaitan will teach a human being something which he can, which can lead him to uh, Jannah. This contradicts what the Quran says. So, when a hadith, no matter what the narration is, contradicts the qat'i evidence from the Quran, we have to reject it. So, that is not uh, authentic and should not be taken. Secondly, the other uh, hadith about the uh, woman who used to, he came to Rasul, she came to Rasulullah and she 
she said that at night she gets uncovered. Uh, she says, Apparently she was, she used to have some seizures. Uh, and because of that, then she gets exposed. And apparently some of her body will be exposed or uncovered. So she was asking Rasulullah to make dua for her so that she will not experience that. So Rasulullah says, uh, it's up to you. I can make dua for you or you can tolerate that and then you will have ajr. This hadith has nothing to do in any way. Where does it mention that it is because of shaitan or because of, of, of jinn? or where it's related. In no way it is related to shaitan or to jinn at all. When somebody has seizures, then he can shiver, he can tremble, he can uh, shake, he can, and we have seen these cases. And if, especially if somebody is sleeping, he can change position, he can uh, get exposed. She's asking Allah Rasulullah to make dua for her so that Allah will cure her. So what's the relationship of this to jinn? There's no relationship whatsoever. So this hadith doesn't relate at all. Yes. In Surat Al-Nas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly says that the, 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 the shayateen are two types. There's shayateen of ins and shayateen of jinn. And the shaytan, here in this case, when he told them this, because uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells about Iblis that he gives, he whispers. So the only thing that's, that we, that's conceivable to, to, uh, to imagine or to think about is that he whispers to them like he, like he whispers to any uh, other people. Uh, <clears throat> or he could be one of the shayateen of people, because people are also, there are shayateen from the, from the human beings themselves. Uh, there is no indication in the ayah here that clear, clear, there is a clear cut evidence that he was Iblis himself. Kamathal shaitan. So he spoke about a shaitan who told them what he told them and then he pulled out and then uh, left them alone. Uh, so that, that's, that's all I can say for that. So 
So that's the fear that like Quraysh had, like you know, while they were going up for the battle, so that the tribe had just brought it to God, so they would come and attack the Makkah. So the Shaitan, these guys on his like you know, the tribe leaders uh, come closer please, I, I can't hear. Uh, I should have yes. So when the Sira, right? When the Sira talks about like you know Shaitan, like you know, when the Quraysh had a rivalry uh, with another, another tribe. So Shaitan disguised himself in a form of the tribe leader and came as like, you know, I will make sure so those people won't come attack. So I will hear like, you know, I'll uh, stay here behalf of you. And as, when they go to the battlefront, so this uh, one of the Makkah uh, Kufars, so when he asked, the Shaitan pushed him to the point, so he just like, you know, get himself thrown away. So is it a, like, you know, fabricated part of... Uh, again, all of these reports, which indicate other than what the Quran is saying, which is a clear cut evidence, then uh, we have to reject those. And, uh, or, if, if we are talking about a regular, I mean, just an ordinary human being, but he's an evil person. He's like, there are people who are worse than the shaitan from the jinn. They are from humans. And they, uh, see what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even talks about them. Yuhi ba'duhum ila ba'din al-qawli They can learn from each other. So the shaitan whispers to the humans. And he hears the humans. The shaitan... The shaitan, which is from the jinn, Iblis, he sees the human beings, but we cannot see them. The human beings cannot see them. So they cannot uh, communicate to them to, to whisper in their, in their ears, for example, or to tell them directly. But when they behave, when they do talk, the, uh, the jinns, because they see, so they can learn. So that's what they learn from each other. So but, in order, but to have communication, direct communication between each other, that's not conceivable. So it's just you saying the shaitan cannot disguise himself in a human form. In a human form? Uh, that I, 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 I don't think so. I, 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 uh, uh, I doubt it. So, so no clear answer? No, no. So it means come to the sitter, right? So, so. Uh, <clears throat> even if that is the case, as because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there is no exception. So even if he does that, we will not be able to see that, that shaitan. So shaitan cannot be seen. All the jinn cannot be seen. Shaitan, Iblis, and his people cannot be seen in any shape or form, whether their original form or in any shape or form that they are able to, to, uh, to shape themselves in. Because the ayah clearly says, min haythu la tarawnahum, you cannot see them. So uh, they form themselves. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say that uh, he uh, that shaitan or uh, the, the jinns, they make themselves like a human beings and we see them like human beings. That's not the case. Allah doesn't mention that. 
So that is all I would say untrue. So and when it's come to the sale, so uh, the like you know you were said like you know prophet were just like you know, had some effect from the sihr. No, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi I did not go through that one. But, but that, that is, by the way, uh, I was intending to go through it, but uh, since we took some time, that is that narration or that story is untrue. The story that Rasulullah sallallahu was affected by sihr is totally untrue and should be rejected outright. And since you asked about that, let me just for the sake of benefit, uh, go uh, in a quick narration or quick uh, chronology the story of the Sihr of Rasulullah is found or you can find it in some books of Tafsir There are so many books of Tafsir uh, that are uh, dated different dates from early until today. Some of them are old, very old, some of them are recent. Let me give you a quick uh, scanning of uh, these or some of these uh, Tafsir. And this is important to note. The first book of Tafsir that reached us was written by Mujahid in the year 105 after Hijrah. There is no mention whatsoever in, the, in that book of Tafsir about the incident. Nothing. Then uh, in the year 120 Hijri, another book of Tafsir by Imam Zaid, it was written by Imam Zaid, again in that book, no mention whatsoever was about the Sihr of Rasulullah about that incident. So the books, the early books of Tafsir, until at least the year 120 years after Hijrah, didn't include, didn't mention anything about the story. The very first time the story of the Sihr of Rasulullah, as they claim, was reported was in the Tafsir of Muqatil, Muqatil ibn Sulaiman. Tafsir Muqatil. And that was written in 150 Hijri. If you read the story, as he reports, it is shaky. He's not sure of what has been said. Let me just read a couple of sentences for you. And he says, he says here, this Muqatil says, and uh, was this because, was this because Labid, Labid bin Asam bin Malik or it is said, I'm reading from what he, what he wrote, or it is said, he's not sure. Ibn Asam al-Yahudi, 
bewitched the prophet with eleven knots on a string, water or water, and placed it in a well in which there were seven stones by means of a spade of a male palm tree that the prophet would uh, lean against the, uh, the bewitched the bewitchment uh, uh, spread through him, through the prophet and it intensified for three days until he was very sick and the women, which means his wives became anxious for him and the surahs of taking refuge, al-mu'awwidatin were revealed as the prophet was sleeping he saw as if there were two angels, as if there were two angels who came to him and one of them was sitting and this is between two brackets he wasn't sure at his head and the other at his feet one of them said to his companion what ails him? and the, the other, his companion said enchantment he said who enchanted him? and the other said Labid bin al-Asam al-Yahudi by what means? or by what? he said by means of a husk of palm he said where is it? he said in the well of so and so and what's the cure? he was asking he said remove the water from the well and take out the husk of palm and burn it and the hearts will break each knot at the reading of the Mu'awwidatin the verses of uh, taking refuge uh, the last two surahs of the Quran and that will heal him when the Prophet woke up that was in, in the dream when the Prophet woke up he sent Ali ibn Abi Talib to the well and the magical device was removed and he brought it and burned that husk then the angel Gabriel or Jibreel revealed the verses and the prophet was healed and the news was brought to the women this is the story of the incident that is mentioned in uh, the tafsir of Muqatil and by the way this story was the, was the source for all the other Mufassirin who came afterwards and they just copied it in one way or the other but they, don't, they did not copy it exactly the same thing so uh, there is a difference between one Mufassir and another the whole story doesn't stand so many things doesn't stand the examination and then the scrutiny and then it contradicts what is Qat'i uh, from the Isma of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam which is in the Quran and not all the Mufassirin by the way they took it some of them rejected altogether outright they do not believe in it they do not take it uh, after Muqatil uh, one uh, called Tasturi 283 now Imam Tabari he did not mention the incident at all and his book is one of the uh, main books of tafsir and his book of tafsir is considered one of the tafsir bil ma'thur means with what has been inherited from the ahadith and from the sahaba and the time of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so if there was anything that was 
uh, known, then that will be reported. So that is not in there. Uh, so Imam Al-Jassas, same thing, he denies that altogether. He denies that claim. As Samarkandi in the year 375, Al-Wahidi uh, year 468, they, they reported that incident following Muqatil. Uh, Al-Zamakshari did not mention it. Ibn Atiyah, he mentioned that, but with the brief, some of them briefly, some of them uh, in one way or the other. Imam al-Razi, uh, year 606, he mentioned that. Imam Qurtubi, he mentioned that, 671. Uh, and Nasafi, he did not mention the incident at all. Uh, Abu Hayyan did not mention it, but he was sort of, uh, he said the magic was performed, but it didn't affect the Prophet. Uh, Al-Fayruz Abadi, 817 Hijri, he mentioned it. Uh, then Imam Shawkani was uh, probably the last in uh, year 21250 Hijri. Uh, he mentioned that uh, it, it happened. Uh, among the Shias, uh, some rejected, some uh, accepted it. Like uh, Tusi, 460 Hijri, he rejected that. Uh, At Tabarsi, uh, he also did not mention it. Uh, in modern times, nowadays, uh, al Shankiti, he was uh, in Medina in the year uh, 1393. Uh, he uh, mentions it in his uh, tafsir. Ibn Ashur, uh, he, again, year 1393, he did not accept it at all. Uh, al Qasimi, 1332. Uh, he did not accept the incident based on its conflict with Quran, even if the reports were mentioned in the Hadith books. Uh, Al-Muraghi, 1372, he did not accept the incident again. Sayyid Qutb, he did not accept the incident since it, since it is the, this ayah, uh, Hadith, they are considered khabar ahad, as he says in his uh, tafsir. These are akhbar ahad, and anything related to aqidah, because this is a matter of aqidah, anything related to aqidah, the evidence must be clear-cut, qat'i evidence. You cannot take a khabar ahad, which is, uh, it does not go up to the level of, of qat'i. In aqidah, it has to be qat'i. That's why he rejects that, even if it is considered sahih as far as the, 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 the Sanad or the Riwayah. The, in the Hadith, in the books of Hadith, Al-Muwatta, the book of Malik, the book of Hadith in Malik, which is the earliest written book of Hadith. And Malik was in Medina. And he was living among the, the, the Sahaba, uh, or among uh, the people of Medina who were the closest to, uh, to Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, uh, so he did not report it in his book Al Muwatta. So uh, 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 Al Bukhari reported it, uh, Muslim reported it, 
And uh, there is, of course, a detailed uh, description here of what the reports and each one what it is, each hadith. There is a clear, I mean, detailed description. However, almost all of these reports, they depend on one narrator. And that is Urwa uh, He is a grandson of uh, Zubair ibn Awam, and this, this Tabi'i, he is Tabi'i, and this Tabi'i, although he, is, he, uh, he was considered a thiqa or trustworthy, however, in his, uh, in his uh, narration or in his uh, uh, profile, when he got old, then he started losing memory. And so his narrations are not dependable. And apparently that narration was when he was old and he was losing memory. So that's why the, the uh, ulama of hadith are putting a question mark on that and they are some rejecting it. Uh, there are of course, uh, uh, then there are the books of Sirah, they are different. Uh, some do not mention it at all. Some mention it. Uh, so, on one hand, in the books of Hadith, they are different. In the books of Tafsir, apparently the early, the early ones don't mention it. Only after 150 years after Hijrah, and apparently one Mufassir, and they all of them, uh, they, they followed suit, and they copied from him. So that leaves it to be a, a narration or, or a story with a qu big question mark. This is in addition to the fact that it contradicts the Qat'i from the Quran and uh, Sunnah. In addition to that, these two surahs, based on the story in the, in the uh, in the tafsir of Muqatil, this happened where? In Medina. Rasulullah Sallallahu was in Medina, and Labid ibn Asam is, in, in, is, is a Jew in Medina. So the narration or the incident, they claim it took place in Medina. However, by examining two things, first of all, the The evidence is that these two surahs are Makki and not Madani. These two surahs are known to be revealed in Mecca. So this contradicts the Sabab al-Nuzul that they were revealed in Medina. So definitely they were not there. I mean they were in, in Mecca so it has nothing to do with such an incident as they claim. Second, the time frame they mentioned the time frame which this story or this uh, incident happened. And based on that, if we examine the time frame, which some narrations they say up to six months, following the seerah of Rasulullah studying the seerah, what happened, what he did during those six months, a lot of activities engage, he engaged in, he 
went to Khaybar and he engaged in some battles and some fighting and he got married to Safiya. Uh, all during this period, there is no mention whatsoever from Safiya or from his wives that he uh, indeed experienced these things. So I'm just very briefly summarizing uh, these things. Uh, but aside from all of this, let us go to the Quran. There are two ayat that talk about the isma of the Anbiya in general and the isma of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in particular. In Surah Al-Jinn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, عالم الغيب فلا يظهر على غيبه أحدا He is the one who knows غيب and he will not reveal the knowledge of غيب to anybody No one knows غيب except Allah سبحانه وتعالى He will not reveal or give that غيب or information to anyone except إلا من ارتضى من رسول except a messenger that he chooses to give some of the knowledge of ghaib. Even Rasulullah he said, I don't know ghaib. In many ayat, he didn't know ghaib. إِلَّا مَنْ ارْتَضَى مِنْ رَسُولٍ فَإِنَّهُ يَسْلُكُ مِنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِ رَصَدًا when he wants to give a piece of information from the ghaib to that messenger or prophet that he chooses, then he will surround him, front him, in front or in the back. He will surround him with rasad. Rasad, it means guards to protect. To make sure, to know to be certain that they have delivered their messages, the messages of their Rabb. And he knew everything about them. So anything related to the message, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will not just let anybody know any of the information that he gives to his message. So he gives full protection at all times. If he gives protection to any human being, to us, for any human being, what do you think of a messenger or a prophet who receives a message? Read Surah Al-Jinn. You will see. And then, in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah number 67. Rasul, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing his messenger. Rasul, Deliver what has been revealed to you from your Rabb. And if you don't do that, then you did not deliver his message. And Wallahu Ya Simuka Minanas. 
Wallahu yasimu kaminanes. And Allah will protect you. Yasim, this is a present tense. Fi'il mudara'. And the present tense, it means continuity. Wallahu yasimu kaminanes. Inna Allah la yahdi al qawm al kafirin. Inna Allah la yahdi al Allah will not give guidance or huda to the kafirin. So anybody who wants, who is a kafir, and Labid ibn Asab was a kafir, he was a Jew, and he wants to hurt Rasulullah, you think he will give him guidance? He will give him succession? He will give him, uh, he will enable him to do that? And then, yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Musa alayhi salam when he, in his story with the, with the magicians. إِنَّمَا صَنَعُوا He says, إِنَّمَا صَنَعُوا كَيْدُ سَاحِرُ وَلَا يُفْلِحُ السَّاحِرُ حَيْثُ أَتَى The sahir will never be successful. At all times, ولا يفلح الساحر The sahir will not will never be successful, no matter what what he does, wherever he does it. At all times. So if Labid ibn Asam succeeded in influencing Rasulullah with his magic, then that ayah is what is broken. And this is a qat'i evidence. So again, anything related to the message to the delivery of the message, anything related to the aqidah, we have to have a clear-cut evidence, qat'i. Qat'i in its authenticity and qat'i in its meaning. Just any narration, khabar ahad, hadith from here, hadith, no. Because this is the aqidah. If aqidah crumbles, then the whole building the whole islam the whole deen crumbles and falls away any more okay can you come here please so i want to clear one more ayah yes Surah Baqarah when talk about suleiman so is it says like, you know, uh, this here cause like separation between husband and wives? A good question. Uh, this is ayah number 106 in Surah Al-Baqarah, talking about Harut and Marut and... Uh, you need to be careful when you are reading the ayat and how you interpret that. There is a misunderstanding here. The ayah says, وَمَاهُمْ The part of the ayah, in, so in ayah number 106, وَمَاهُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ Before that, it says, يُعَلِّمَانِ السِّحْرَةِ يُعَلِّمَانِ النَّاسَ السِّحْرَةِ وَمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَى الْمَلَكَيْنِ هَارُوتَ وَمَارُوتَ وما هم بضرين به من أحد إلا بإذن الله ويتعلمون ما يفرقون به بين المرء وزوجه. so here 
the part of the ayah which says and they will not harm anyone with it except with the permission of Allah this is what literal translation of the ayah but I would like you to read it like this وَمَا هُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ Stop. Then it means what? And they will never or they will not be able to harm anybody with it. Which means that that sihr which they are talking about which they learned in order to differentiate or separate the husband from wife that's their intention, that's what they wanted, that's their goal. However, Allah says, وَمَا هُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ They will never be able to harm anyone with it. Okay. What about إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ Aha. In the Qur'an, in many, in several places, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever he says something, he mentions about something to happen, Allah makes an exception. إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا تَنْسَى إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ He's talking about the Mu'mineen in Jannah and the, and the Kuffar in Jahannam. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ I would like you to understand one thing very important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His will is absolute. His will is absolute. There is nothing that can force Him or impose on him anything. فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ He does anything he wants. وَاللَّهُ غَالِبٌ عَلَىٰ أَمْرِهِ فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ means he continuously, he keeps repeating it. He does and does and anything that he wants. There is nothing that will force him or impose on him to do or not do anything. لا معقب لحكمه. So here, إلا ما شاء الله وما هم بضارين به من أحد إلا بإذن الله. This is to this exclusion here or استثناء in Arabic. This is the استثناء of the absolute will of Allah سبحانه وتعالى. This is not to mean that if Allah wills, then they will hurt. Or they will separate the husband and wife. Because you do the same thing, follow the same rule. If Allah wills, then the people in Jannah will cease to be in Jannah. And Allah says, without any duration. There it says, here it does not mean that Allah will put a limit here. It's not to be understood that way. 
That exception is just to say that Allah does it just by himself. There is no one who is imposing on him to do that. سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا تَنْسَى Did the Prophet forget any of the Qur'an? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will just uh, the Jibreel will read to him once and that's it. It will be engraved there. He will not forget it. So we need to be careful and that actually it is exactly the opposite of what we think. So وَمَا هُمْ بِضَارِّينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ They do not hurt anybody with it. It's a negation. Exactly the opposite of what people might, might think or take from that ayah. I hope it's clear. Yes. I need, uh, can you come closer, please? Keep your hand. Is it not because the shayatin can enter into the human body? Zakhla, for the question. Listen. <clears throat> the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the human beings and created them in a certain form, in a certain way. Part of the creation is to laugh. Part of the creation is to make you yawn when you are sleepy. And when something gets in your body, you sneeze. There, is, there are some narrations which relate sneezing that are good and no, yawning is, is because shaitan or iblis goes in. That in, that, in that sense, then shaitan is in full control of everybody. Who doesn't yawn? Who doesn't make the thawb? Every human being makes the thawb, from the child, from the baby, all the way. Kuffar and Muslimin, everybody does that. Which means that shaitan or uh, jinn is getting in every human being. Is that the case? So that should be rejected. Again, stop, let us stop depending and taking these khabar ahad, whether they are authentic or they are not. Even if they are authentic in terms of being sahih or hasan, when it comes to the aqidah, they should be rejected if they contradict. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then that contradicts the, 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 the concept of creation altogether. Allah is telling you that he is, create, he is protecting you. If shaitan is easily, whenever you yawn, he comes into you, then, then what? There's no protection. And that contradicts the Quran. Alaikum <laughs> 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 <laughs>
question is that you know you can't hear uh, you can face them. okay raise raise your voice <laughs> so that they can hear too okay <laughs> okay the question is you know these people who give the tabis you know some good thing will happen you know people go to these people and they will make dua for me and make give they give the tabis and all that and they give it to you they say, okay go and keep it with you in your in your neck or put it in the water and drink it or something like that what is this i mean and then there is a whole uh, group basically uh, you know who, who does all these kind of things okay uh, he's asking about the mushawideen about the people who uh, when somebody wants something to be done so they go to these guys or oh, make dua for me, make hijab, write something for me so that uh, uh, something happens to me. These people are crooks. <laughs> they want to take your money, so don't believe any. If you want something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي And if they ask you about me, فَإِنِّي Look at the, at the structure of the ayah. And if my ibad ask you about me allah said did not say tell them he said qareeb. so the answer came right away there is no mediator even muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam he is not a mediator between any muslim and allah any uh, servant of allah and allah don't take anybody these are crooks they were just one they are liars they want to take the, your money and there are so many of those and they exploit the, uh, the, the mentally sick people no such thing subhanahu rabbika rabbil islam ayasifuna wa salamun ala muslim walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen jazakumullahu khayran for listening wa jazakumullahu khayran for being a good attendance thank you for listening to this podcast podcasts on current events Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.